do fish sleep? You know what's crazy? I always, I always run into this conversation. I never know. Because you think about it like it, I don't know. Do snakes sleep? I know lizards sleep because I, I remember I caught in, one. Animals in general do sleep, asleep. right? But I think because of the size of their bodies, they don't have to sleep as much as we do. Yeah, like does a fish lay on its side or does it just tuck in somewhere? Or That's a good question. We'll have to have a guy come on the podcast and explain that to us. You know what's crazy? Now that I'm thinking about that. Uh, Somebody who knows like cor- cor- sells coral for a living. Coral. You make bank, bro. Making what? Selling coral? Bro, it's like a super huge business. We're talking about like coral reefs? Like, mm-hmm. like no, no. Like, so yeah, basically that, but you sell it for people's aquariums. Ooh, so rich uh, people, so like people. Cause that's it, true. I mean, who the hell's buying coral? Pe- rich people. Rich people with aqua- aquariums. Saltwater. Aqu- aquarium. <laughs> Aquarius. Welcome back to episode 73 of the Morning Dinner Podcast. Before we get started with today's amazing episode with Jose Sosa, don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe. There we go. And also, follow us on Instagram, guys. Come on. What are you waiting for? We do this for free. Like, follow literally. all our social platforms. What, what, is a, what does a follow cost you? It don't cost much, And man. you know what? If you keep up to date with us, we do do giveaways, so... Hey, if you, you guys know. want us to do a giveaway, leave a comment down below and we'll do a podcast, uh, podcast, <laughs> we'll do an episode giveaway. We give away some free merch, but without further ado, we got Jose Sosa on the podcast. Let me read you guys' bio real quick. Jose Sosa is the chief creative officer at LXVE Studios, also known as Love Studios. Jose Sosa leverages his entrepreneurial spirit, which started in his home of Yonkers, New York. Sosa has been a part of the... Uh, Oops, I messed that one up. Sosa has been a part of dozens of different business ventures and platforms over the stint of his professional career, from barbershops to product, product lines to even becoming the host of his own podcast, Limited Availability. We get down to a lot of dope topics on this podcast. I think anybody who listens will have a good time. Definitely hyped. And without further ado, we present episode 73 of The Morning Dinner. Jose Sosa. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. Jose Sosa. That's me. What What's up, going man? on, man? Not much, man. How you guys doing? We're doing good. It's a great, beautiful great. day. It's been kind of cloudy uh, the last two days, and uh, monsoon season is here. Yeah, bro. It was super humid today. I thought hurricane today. season was over. <laughs> What's that from? Uh, Pineapple Express? Yeah. Movie guys? <laughs> huh? You guys are movie guys? No, it's oh, crazy. Bro. Not me. He is. Yeah, I'm horrible with actors, but I know a lot of movies. I, I know faces. <laughs> That's me. I can do I can do actors and I can do uh, 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 scenes, man. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, <laughs> getting down to it real quick. I wanted to have you on the podcast for many reasons. Uh, when I first found out about you, it must have been through a mutual friend. She posted on her Instagram story. I don't know if you know Brittany Fidapelli. Yes, I do. Yeah. So I think she posted something about you and I clicked on your profile and I was like, damn, like, who is this guy? And I'm looking at your, your Instagram feed. I was like, this is clean. Then I started digging deeper. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's, the, he's, a, he's, a, he's a barber. He's a business owner. He's an entrepreneur. He does a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, I got to have you on the podcast, man man so for, for people who are tuning in from uh you know far following and don't necessarily know can you give the people a rundown of who you are and what you do out here so most of the time people see me as a barber which is cool um i'm i'm i want to say a creative and i do i have my hands on a lot of different things but barbering and being creative with photo and video is kind of like what we're focusing on now especially moving forward. You know, it's like you try a lot of different things and then you figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. So if you had to give like a, like a, uh, 
I guess the tagline of, of, of what you do, you said you do creative stuff, which involves not only cutting hair, but photography, right? Yeah. So is, is, is that what your brand of LXVE is, love? So love is, um, if you're going to do anything, you have to do it with love. A lot of people do it for the money and the money never comes. But if you do it with love, it doesn't matter what you do. Money's going to come. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're after, well, whatever your true desire is, if you do it with love, you're going to get to it. Um, but as, as a tagline, I would say creative, um, think of it as telling a story, articulating a story, um, whether it be you're a, you're getting a haircut from me and you're going into a job interview and you want to look super professional, but you don't want to look stuck up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling a story with your hair. The same thing. When you look at my Instagram, when you look at everything that I do, I'm telling that story. So I guess creative and articulating a story is my tagline. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total so sense. So love, love is your brand, right? That's something that, that that you created from scratch. That is, yeah. Um, I started it um just from haircuts. People used to say, "I love your haircuts. I love your haircuts." Mm-hmm. And when Instagram came around, I've been on Instagram. I think since 2011, 2012. Um, I needed a name. So before Chief Keith came out with the song, I had love L X V E. Um, and Sosa, that was, that was kind of like my name. My nickname mm-hmm. was Sosa all the time. I love Sosa's haircut. So in hindsight, I almost went with Jose Sosa because it was available. Yeah. But I don't think that this would have grown if I would have went that route. I, I, I like your, your ad handle, man. It's it, it's unique. Um, and it, it, it has a part of your brand and your and yourself, right? Yes. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. 100%. Um, when, when you say you started cutting hair, is this something that you did like starting out in a garage or, or is it, was it something that, you, that you've always wanted to do? Um, I say that cutting hair chose me. My mom was a stylist or my aunt are stylist and um, my dad owned a bunch of businesses growing up and I had the choice of manual labor or learning how to wash, you know, pretty women's hair all day. Mm. So obviously I'm going to learn You're gonna how to You're going to stay with the AC's at. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it grew. And then I went into college. Um, my dad, he has a doctorate in biochemistry and my mom as well. Not the same, but um, I forgot what hers What's is. biochemistry? My bad. Um, I don't know. It's different in English, but he is kind of like with your anatomy and how different chemicals you you react to different chemicals. Oh, okay. It has nothing to do with like Chernobyl, right? No. no, no. <laughs> have you have you seen that that the whole series? Ironically enough, I started one episode. Um, my dad went to school in Russia. Ooh. He's one hundred percent Dominican, but he was um he had a scholarship, and it was like one of like nine that Whoa. got that scholarship. So he was one of them. That's gonna be a unique That's experience. Wild. Yeah, because that, that was that, that must have been what in the seventies, eighties. Yeah, I think he graduated um, eighty two. Okay. I want to say. Um, so yeah, he went to different um, different providence and stuff. I think it would be where Germany is now, mm-hmm. where he went. Because yeah. back then it was like one. I think he was saying. Yeah, it was before the whole nuclear accident happened yeah if you haven't watched that show you need to check it out man. i do man i always people i always tell people that like, you gotta check the show out it was I, just done well too it is and and i'm a fan of shows usually when i travel and stuff like that i'll pop on a show or like i'll sit at home with the wife and like watch one episode mm. and you know that's kind of my treat but this past like two months i've been i've been able to catch up on a lot of things so mm-hmm. it's been good Dope, dope. I, I, I want to talk about something that I heard on your podcast because you have your own podcast. Yes. So you just recently you just recently started maybe a month ago and you're already like seven, eight episodes in. Right. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> so 
you talked about the power of exclusivity. Yes. For those who are tuning in, what is the power of exclusivity? Whenever you, whatever, remember I said, everything's connected. I believe in everything having an anchor, right? And if your anchor, your, your main anchor is love, everything branches out of a tree of love. Exclusivity is the natural progression of whatever it is that you do. For example, you do video, you do photography. Once you get good at it, and you have enough people paying you, you're gonna have a choice of who do you wanna take pictures for. Right. Right? And then some people make the choice on how much the price is, um, what the project is, and then you only do like, orangutan is like a big inspiration of mine, and he only does like beautiful women, right? Half naked, it's a horrible job, and I just, (laughs) I don't wanna put that out in the universe to do it, right? But once you get good enough at it, and your price point, doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know whenever whenever you're great at something it doesn't matter what your price is right Does, you know do you guys follow on that so far so whenever you get to that sweet spot when you're doing what you love and your price point doesn't matter the money is irrelevant because mm-hmm. um, people are going to pay for the service because they value it that much right you have to trim down who you're actually seeing because now if you're available to everyone your demand goes down because you're like, oh, if I don't catch them now, I'll catch them in a week right, or two weeks, right? So the natural progression is being exclusive and closing the doors to everybody that's not in your target audience. Right. So the power of exclusivity is that who do you, who are you networking with? Who are you working with in your target audience? So for me, that was able to open up every other door because I am cutting CEOs, I'm cutting entrepreneurs, I'm cutting athletes, I'm cutting owners, I'm cutting, you know, billionaires, I'm cutting every every walk of life in my target audience so they're able to open up different doors. So that's the power that I say that's in exclusivity. When you have that targeted audience and you're really only one after another doing people seeing people that are going to help you, push you along or you can help them, but it's a mutual collaboration now. Right. And it's also um, you you have to have that demand. Right. Like you have to people have to want to work with you on that level, because if you you, you, you can say you're exclusive, like kind of like you said on your podcast, you can be exclusive all you want. But if nobody's coming and hiring you, then you're not working. You're not doing anything. Right. So the the, the exclusivity, a lot of people want to do it, but it, it falls down on your demand. No demand, no exclusivity. Yep. So right. you definitely have to build your the clientele demand. and everything and then. Y'all hear that. And then you can be exclusive. Become exclusive. That's when I say the natural evolution. Yeah, you have yeah. to go like through that. step one to, <laughs> right. you know. What about, what would you say to somebody who, who says, well, you know what? I've been doing this for so long and I feel like my, I feel like my work is X price or I shouldn't go below that price. Like I'm a barber and I feel like I sh- shouldn't charge less than 50 bucks a haircut because I'm that good and I'm that intrinsic into it. That depends because now you're getting into um, opinions of people and you have to still be worth that price. Even if you think you're worth, you have to be worth tangibly. Mm-hmm. So you can have the skill set. And I know barbers, my brother-in-law, the skill set to be a $100 a haircut barber, but it's the value there for you to be a $100 haircut barber or $50. So not only um, it's a weird notion but the haircut becomes irrelevant. Right. Because what are you bringing to the table besides 
cutting your hair or getting your hair cut. I would say it's the experience, right? The experience. Um, and we're very key on that. Um, and with the experience, there's no shortcuts. So the razors that we use are the best. The, the tools that we use are the best, you know, and all that costs money. But what is it that I'm bringing to you of value in that hour that I'm seeing you? Right. So what if you have a problem with your business and I'm able to fix that solu- that business for you? You're getting a haircut, but I found a solution for your business or your life. How much is that hour worth now? Right. How much was that problem going to cost you to get fixed? Right. You know, or, hey, you sit in my chair and I need this video done and I can't find somebody that's going to fix, that's going to do the quality or the look that I want. I'll say no more. I have, you know, three people that you can pick from. And depending on what you want, this is, I'm fixing a problem. I'm showing my value. I'm showing my worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the haircut, yes, you have to be. I always say there's 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 only one line and the people that have done it for longer kind of like blur that line. And I'm very controversial for this. And in, in any field, you've been doing it for 10 years. You've been doing it for two years. Your skill sets are the same. Mm-hmm. Just imagine. Right. And I've been doing it for five years. But because my value is higher, I'm able to charge more. For example, I'm putting this in the, in the situation. Um, you're going to feel some type of way because you've been doing it longer. And you're going to look at it like, oh, um, you're going to go behind him and say, yeah, he's been doing it longer. He should do it. Right. But instead of creating your own value, where I say the skill set, the barbering almost becomes irrelevant. The skill set, because this is the line. And in a fade, you either erase the line or you don't erase it. There's no. The only difference is how well do you get along with the person that's fading the line? How well do you like get along with the person that's taking the picture? And how how fast is it? Do I have to wait, you know, a month for my pictures or do I have it in, excuse me, in a week? Right. So once you're a barber, once you have a certain skill set, you erase the line. That's it. There's no magic after that because I cannot erase the line more than you erased it. Right. You get that concept. So a lot of people get drawn out in the fact I am a better hair cutter. Great. Go on and be the best. Would, would, would you agree with the notion that that the, the client who appreciates and is willing to pay that higher price for your work would appreciate on, on another level to where a low paying client wouldn't? Like, for example, let's say I'm booking a wedding. Oops. <laughs> let's say I'm booking a wedding and my packages start at four thousand dollars. Well, the bride goes, yeah, but I can get somebody to do it for 300, you know, um, if, if I, if I, if I do the photography for 300 versus doing it for 3000, the client that pays the $300 price ticket is more likely to come back and say, well, you know, I paid 300. Um, I should have gotten this. I should have gotten that. Where is this missing? They're, they're more picky about everything that they get versus the client who pays out the three or $4,000 and they're maybe, they maybe necessarily they don't look at the, the uh, at those sorts of details or those details are not as important because they know the kind of work that they got. So, so I, I'm a firm believer that the problem is not the client it's you. Mm-hmm. Why are you giving your prices to somebody that's clearly not in your targeted audience? Boom. If you mm-hmm. erase that step, then you're going to have that problem. But before I give any, like I get it all the time. They're like, Oh, let me get a card. I would love to come for you for a haircut. And I'm like, I don't have any cards. They're like, okay, cool. How can I get in contact with you? I'm like, oh, I do everything online. Here's my Instagram, you know, and you can book from there. This is my booking link, you know, all this stuff. I'm 
I'm doing that on purpose so I can know if you're in my targeted audience. I need to know more about you to be able to understand if you can afford the prices that I'm going at. Right. Because if I start from the beginning and I just pitch everybody, I'm going to get a lot more no's than I am yes. Mm -hmm. But if I get to know you and I understand you're in the targeted audience. So it's almost like you're, instead of you trying to sell yourself to your client, you have you're to getting yourself. the client to sell themselves on the idea that, that they're, they're trying to sell themselves to you. Now that's the power of exclusivity. I want you to want to get a haircut from me right? because of the value instead of he cuts so-and-so or he does this, he does that. Then it's a different story, you know? Mm -hmm. So do you have like something online or something like, cause like for the wedding thing, you can like create a form. Mm -hmm. And then you could be like, these are the things you want. This is how much it will cost. You know what I mean? And then that client can be like, no, I don't want that. But then this is the other thing. It's, you know, um, price is very tricky when you're, when, you know, I went to school for marketing. When you use price for marketing, it can go either really good or really bad. I don't, I don't think there's a gray area. For example, when you go and buy, if you go and buy a Lamborghini, you're assuming you're going to be paying over an X amount of money mm -hmm. because of the exclusivity right of driving the lamborghini okay but when you go and buy a honda now you're able to negotiate on the price right you're able to bargain it down so that's a perfect example that is a really good example now one car is better than the other mm -hmm. um depending on what you're using it for but if i'm going and if i'm using the car to get from point a to point b one car is not better than the other right because there's still speed limits on the road, if I'm going to take the car, I'm going to probably take it the same way to get it to work. So one car doesn't get me to point A any different than the other car. Right. From They're both going to do B. the same thing at the end of the day. But it now, just depends. Um, so now the tool of what you're using it and the exclusivity of it is I want to pull up to this club and I want people to know that I'm affluent. So now are you going to pull up in a Honda Civic or are you going to pull up in a right. Lambo? So it's a difference, right? So a lot of people misconstrue what the point is of what you're doing it and 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 it gets lost in translation. So a lot of people's like better or worse. The same thing with barbering. I'm better than this person. I'm the best barber in town. I'm the best photographer in town. And what ends up happening is you're putting yourself in your own you're putting yourself in a lane that has a limit. Because once you're the best at something, you're gonna come down. So then, you know, it ties back to the power of exclusivity of you using that to actually build who you are. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a photographer, if you're a videographer and you're putting your wedding packages on there, you're immediately closing yourself off to people that can't afford it and people that might be able to afford it, but don't know they want to spend that much. Right. And that's, that's a really good area to be in. People that can't afford it, but don't know that they can't, but that, that don't think that they should be spending that much. Whereas if you're showcasing them your work and then they're like, I want this guy, it doesn't matter what it costs. You convince them instead of kind of like throwing them off for the price. That's genius. I mean, that's mm -hmm. uh, I've never thought about it that way, but it, that, that makes a lot of sense on, on, on the topic of, of marketing, because you, you mentioned that you went to school for, for marketing. How do how do you find that online marketing versus traditional marketing? Like, I don't know, mail marketing or bullet or billboards, billboards. works. Like, have you realized it's any way better, way better? Because $5,000 for a billboard and you put it in the busiest part of the strip. How do you know who came off that billboard? 
you're creating more work for you. Mm -hmm. You're creating, you have to ask, oh, where did you see our billboard? And stuff like that. And, you know, all these questions, follow-ups. Information is worth more than money. So if you come to me via my website, via Instagram, all that stuff, I know exactly where you came from. I know at what time. I know how long you stood on my website. I know how long you looked at the ad or whatever it is that it was. And I have all that information. So now the next 5,000, am I going to cast a net of the 24 hour window? Or if I know that my sweet spots from 12 to three, I'm going to put all my money from 12 to three because I have the information to go on it. So I think, um, there's two, two schools of thoughts, three schools of thoughts. Um, traditional is better. New age is better. I like the traditional mindset with new age tools. Mm-hmm. Cause you Can get you further. Explain a little bit. So, um, guerrilla marketing, mm-hmm. um, organic and, and which is kind of like falls into billboard and stuff like that. You're consistently seeing it. If you take the mentality of guerrilla marketing and you finesse it. So like say a billboard is a, is a dunk, then you're finessing it with a finger roll. It, you're going to catch a lot more people because now if you see me or when you see me, you're seeing me in a different environment, but I don't have a billboard up. For example, I go out and network. And if you follow my stories, you'll see me at different clubs and all this stuff. And I'm usually in a good location in the clubs because I have a relationship with everybody's there. Or I may be with one of the artists or one of the DJs. So you're seeing me there and now you're associating me with that presence. So now it's like, what do you do? Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I cut hair. And then I let them kind of like sell themselves to me. But it will be different if I'm holding a sign up outside of the club mm-hmm. for everybody walking in. It's different than if I'm like at the DJ booth and I am holding a sign up, but it's a little more finessed right. than everything else. Mm-hmm. So people will look up that. And when they look up LXVE or anything like that, they'll, they'll find, they usually find me from there. Right. It's uh, interesting. I kind of want to throw a term at you and I, without any giving any kind of like, pretense to it i'm gonna throw a term at you and i want you to tell me what you what you think it means and what it means to you or you know what it means to you mm-hmm. celebrity barber <clears throat> there there's there's a, a couple school of thoughts of that right um there's people that are famous for cutting hair marcus harvey rich the barber kenny duncan you know they're willis from new york they're famous on their own and they happen to cut hair. Then there are people that cut celebrities' hairs and say they're a celebrity barber. I don't like the term myself. That's mm-hmm. why you never see anybody that I anybody that I post. If they're a celebrity or anybody that has enough influence, they're like really good friends of mine. And then I'll post them once and take it down or stuff like that. But celebrity barber is a to answer your question, I'm sorry I'm long winded is a term misused for people to say I'm famous or I cut famous people's hair. Mm -hmm. But being in the industry, a lot of the people that you see cutting famous people's hair are doing it for free. They're doing it for a photo op. Right. So then it ceases to be a business. Right. So then when a celebrity comes into town, they're like, Oh, so-and-so took a picture. And I'm like, I'm not so-and-so man. If you want me to cut your hair, this is the price for me to go out. Right. So that, that it's a, it's a, it's a weird question. That's <laughs> yeah. a, a good way to, no, no, to kind really of phrase it because I heard you say before that 
that you know people think they're a celebrity barber because they cut celebrities or maybe not even the fact that they cut celebrities hair but because they're in such high demand they're a celebrity or, you know mm-hmm. a local celebrity or whatever i hate that term local celebrity what is i don't even know the definition of celebrity what do you mean like what is the exact definition I, somebody widely known yeah i want to say widely celebrated yeah <laughs> if you go to a mall and nobody follows you you're not a celebrity there you go i think that should be at, like at any at any town any, any city town yeah because if you think about it right uh you know for having a million people know who you are that means you can go anywhere in the united states mm-hmm. and you're gonna get at least five to ten people know who you are mm-hmm. right just the numbers of it or if you go depending on the city if they're very like if you go to la then you should have a mob of people follow you at the mall at least in la right or new at york least in you know, LA. Where, where the social we, media we, we get to like what Kentucky, about one person little... being like hey yo i've seen you before if it's in like hey, man it's in des moines <laughs> iowa bro <What? laughs> you're a celebrity <laughs> it was on a plane uh, it, Somebody was in, was like, it was in tennessee yo key i never said i was celebrity though i never said no no i just said it oh, okay I'm trying to hype you up bro. i'm a celebrity to check <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want to get back on topic uh in regards to, because you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're a creative, and you adapt well to the digital age of marketing and using social media and all that good stuff. What are your thoughts on Yelp? Because I, Yelp, Yelp is the worst thing you can ever you think so put money behind because they control they control the platform. Mm-hmm. For example, um, when we started, we had so on Yelp right now we probably have half of the reviews that are shown hidden and they're five-star reviews, but Yelp won't put them up because we won't pay them to advertise. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And Yelp does this auction thing where they say, Hey, we're, if you pay us, I don't know, I think it's like 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month. We won't put your competitors on your page. And that doesn't work with me because I want you to compare us to others. Right. Some that's, mafia shit. Right. That's the, well, va- that's the value. It, it's the value of using a free a free uh social or a free platform i would say i mean you you need to have a presence on there but spending money on yelp is like throwing money away yeah um you know we won't we won't show you your competitors this is what they call and tell me i'm like i want you to show them so people can know the difference because i'm a firm believer if you know a lot of people there's there's a yin and yang right i believe in balance for there to be good you have to have bad for the, for you to be happy, you have to experience sad. If you never experience sad, then you have no idea what happy is. Yeah. And you, know? you have to base them off your own experiences, mm-hmm. not somebody else's. Gotcha. You know, for there to be dark, there has to be light. So, right. you know, I, I tell them, yeah, I want, I want you to show it. It's okay. I'm fine. Well, then they'll say, um, you know, so-and-so or barber barbershops in your area are spending $240 a month. If you spend... 260 will put you at a higher position. And I'm like, I don't need to thank you. So they come back and they're like, Oh, we need you to be on your, like, I'm like, that's throwing money away because now you're going to go and turn back to them and say, well, the new kid on the block is spending 260. You're going to pay 280, 280. And mm-hmm. that's how they build their business. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, it's a good business to spend money on. You can spend money on smarter things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'll never see love studios on Groupon is what you're saying. Never, never. Like if you see it on Groupon, something's really bad. Yeah. Like, I, I'd rather close the business down. Uh, we don't work on the Groupon model or the 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 um, discounted model or anything yeah. like that. This is full price or free. Mm-hmm. It's either full price or free or 
you just it doesn't it doesn't work i want to get a punch card 10 10 cuts get one free that's actually hold on because i do want to talk about this now that you now that you brought it up is there's been a lot of times where i'll go to a business that i like whether it be dutch bros or it's like cj's custard you know ice cream shop or whatever (laughs) we both have the same one (laughs) (laughs) we just alternate and whenever and the more you go the more punch points you get you come back and you get a, a free fifth you know, which is an, like an incentivize, right? It, it's, it incentivizes you to come back and spend money. It, it what does, are your thoughts on that? If your model is um, quali- quantity, mm. my model is quality, whereas I only have a certain amount of time of day. Right. So if I'm cutting hair for, say, eight hours a day, and then two of those in that day are free or discounted, then my value for that day went down. Again, back to the Lamborghini, they only make a certain amount. And then after that, it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't buy it, you got to buy it from a reseller like sneakers. Sneakers is a little more obtainable than a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. You buy a pair of Yeezys, um, retail and resale. They're two different markets. Um, if you're lucky enough to get them retail, you're good. But some Yeezys cost, you know, 1500 1200000 um, bucks. Same thing with Nike. Um, the value goes up because they only released a certain amount. So more people want them than there is a there's amount for them. Mm-hmm. So if the custer shop, they're trying to get you in the door because one, something that costs $5, I want to say for a cup of custard, probably costs them. 10 cents. Yeah. 15 so, cents. So if they give you half off, are they losing? No. Right? They so, can give you 75% off, they're still making money. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. And that's the that's the whole point. Sorry. They could probably give you t- three and they're still like, we're good. Yeah. They can yeah. give you one. It's 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 one of those things where it's like, as a consumer, people are, are very, they will very gladly pay that extra price, premium for the convenience of it, right? Now, what if I tell you this custard shop next door to the one that you go to doesn't have any harmful chemicals or doesn't, it's really good for you. It's not going to like mess with your body, you know. Like they have a farm a like on the plot of land right there next exactly. to where they get the ice cream from. But it's ten dollars. Right. Now they're gonna you know, people think, Oh, they're they're assholes for going next to us and competing with us. No, we're just giving the option, right? Because for you to know bad, you have to for you to know good, you have to know bad. Or you have to there's different price points, right? That's why the the economy that we're in is not a communist economy. Everybody doesn't make the same. So, you know, you it's should, capitalism. Capitalism. You should be awarded um the privileges that you've earned. If that makes sense. And it, it sucks because, you know, a lot of people don't have the means to earn it. And some people get too lazy to earn it and stuff like that, which is a whole not- another conversation. But this is one of the only countries that if you want to do it, it may take you longer than others, but you can. Mm-hmm. There's nobody saying that you can't do it. No matter how bad, how how much in poverty, how much how bad you in a situation you're in, you can always find yourself, dig yourself out. Mm-hmm. that's the beauty of living here. So the beauty of that is being able to tailor your audience and say, Hey, look, this is what I want for my hour. This is what my hours worth. There's enough people in this world, in this state, in this country that I can just go after these clients and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I heard you say one time uh, that you think community is one of the strongest things that, you, that, that there is for a business or for, you know, for the culture of, of a brand. Um, what sorts of things do you do to involve your, yourself or your brand with the community? So um, 
a lot of that stuff we don't really talk about because I feel like when we do it out of love, it, we, we don't really need the recognition. Right. But it's something as easy as, you know, somebody comes in and they're like, hey, man, um, I'm looking for this type of position. If you know anybody, let us know. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, somebody's like, man, I'm, I'm so tired of my job. I want something different. I'm like, great. Go down here. See, Joe, tell them that we sent you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that person may be put in a completely different situation and and it just could be as simple as loving yourself on the way to work or loving where you're going to work. Right. That's a big deal, but it's not really monetary rewarding monetary. Right. Or in a monetary way. Mm -hmm. But for us, it is because now that person comes and says, wow, like not only did I get my haircut, you know, stuff like that, but we also donate a lot. Um, We give back a lot. Um, I think also a lot of unsaids, like, you know, um, you're in the light, see a homeless person. I can't have cash on me because I usually give out cash. Mm. Right? I feel bad. And then people's like, oh, this person's probably going to do drugs and all that. I'm like, that's their choice. That, that's the cynic in everybody, though. Yep. That's what everybody usually always thinks. And and a lot of the times, to be honest, like a lot of the times it's because they don't feel like giving out money. They'll come up with an excuse of mm. like, well, I can't give it to them because they're going to hurt themselves. And, and and at a point, if you know that person, you mm-hmm. can make that decision. But if I don't know you, then I'm going to give you the right of your choice. Right. We're in that type of country. So a lot of that stuff that we do is very minuscule, but it has a high impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of other things, you know, um, I'm Dominican. So we send a lot of stuff back to the Dominican Republic. Respect. Through That's my fair. mom, through 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 my, my mother in law and stuff like that. So it's a lot of things that That's dope. we don't really I'd speak on it, you know, because I actually like I, I love seeing people do that, even if they're whatever doing it for the gram, whatever you want to say. I think it's a really good thing because it it does put faith back in the humanity for me. Because I'm like, damn, it does. It makes me change my mind, my mindset in certain situations. Because I'm like, okay, there is people doing this. You know what I mean? But Not the, everybody's where, where I have the problem with it, and it's my own opinion. Obviously, mm-hmm. you you know, I'm not because because he said do it for the gram, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, said, I already knew you were gonna go there. <laughs> If if you're seeing it, not only on the gram, but you're using advertisement and you're disguising it as a good deed. Yeah. Because, oh, no, no, no gotcha. for sure. You know, so I had an issue, not an issue, but um, we were supposed to do homeless haircuts. Mm-hmm. And I barely do them because I don't want to get filmed. I don't even want people to know that I was You want there. it to be like kind of like a private thing where it's like you do it and nobody really knows about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want the, the, the glorification of doing it for the gram. Sorry. Um, if I'm if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it to help someone. Right. To genuinely help someone. So I'm opposed to if I'm going to do homeless haircuts, I don't want I don't want to be recorded. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm doing homeless haircuts, but because you're going to use that video for something. Right. Rather than you being there. So imagine in my head, you paid somebody to do the video. You could have easily gave that money to the homeless people. Mm hmm. You paid somebody to take pictures. You could have easily bought everybody sandwiches. You could have easily done something else with that money instead of promoting your own. Hey, look at me. I'm giving this away or I'm doing homeless haircuts and stuff like that. So we were doing it and um, they kind of knew that I stood. I didn't you know, I I didn't vocalize it, but they kind of knew that I would have a problem with it. So then we're at this meeting. And this is like a big, big ordeal, right? There's a lot of money behind it. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, like two days before, they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to have a film crew and the news is going to be there. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool, I'm not going to be there. And they're like, oh, we already like slotted for this. And I'm like, that's your problem. I agreed to do these haircuts, but I didn't agree to get filmed. And they're like, but it's going to be so good 
for the um the publicity mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be a good i'm like i could care less about the publicity dude like that doesn't matter and it kind of created a little bit of a riff, but you know, we we talked about it, and then it was all good. But it, it kind of goes back to what you were, what your whole brand is based out of. Mm-hmm. Is if you're not doing it out of love, then what's the point of doing it or being associated with something that's doing it for the purposes of like, oh, well, we want to look good on camera. We want to do do it as a photo op, right? And it, and it goes down because I learned this lesson when I was young. Um, somebody in my family very affluent was paying for another person's household. Mm. Um, and the kids of the person's household didn't know. So they disrespected the person that was paying for their living. And I overheard the conversation that then the parents came like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And blah, blah, blah. And this person broke it down to me. Um, and the reason I'm saying this, cause they're probably listening, right? So I don't want, I don't put their name out there. Um, they came down and, um, told me about paying, paying the, the, the finances and stuff like that. And I'm like, in my head, I'm young, dumb. I said, cut him off. And he goes, what good does that do? Why am I going to have somebody put out on the street? And I'm like, well, why don't you let them know what you did? They won't disrespect you. He's like, if they are respecting me because of the money, I don't want that respect. I want them to respect me because of who I am and what I am, you know, in the community and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, money gives you respect. And he goes, no, money does not give you respect. Money gives you fear. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. And I learned that I was probably like nine. And I was like, oh, my God. So that's why I've never anything that I do. Um, or have done, I don't, I don't need anything in return back. I'm doing it out of love. I'm doing it out of my own, my own. Makes things much easier too. Yeah. And that way I don't want anybody to feel like they owe me something. Yeah. You don't owe me anything. That's a powerful story, man. Uh, it kind of got to me. It's kind of crazy. Cause like telling that, you know, and I told it different ways and it's just like, I, I almost trip up and say the names here and there <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. We'll edit it out. <laughs> I want to talk, I want to talk about, uh, the experience of, of of let's say you know i want to go into love studios and i want to get my hair cut by you i book on online mm-hmm. uh what's that experience like when somebody walks into the door it starts by me giving you the power of your time for example um you don't have to answer this because i know the answer but have you gone into a barber shop and you think you're gonna get in at two o'clock and you don't sit in the chair till like three bro I'm going to answer. The longest I've waited was when I walk in, there's 10 people waiting and it's one guy or maybe two guys cutting hair. And I know it's going to be at least a two and a half, three hour wait. Yeah. Yeah. So I start by giving you the power of your time back Mm -hmm. because you're in control of your time. And most of the, most of the time we live like, Oh, we got to be at this shoot at this time. We got to be at work at this time. Um, I got to do this at this, you know, I'm giving you the power to choose when do you want to see me that happens online um, through this app called Squire, which is uh, ironically enough, it's Y Combinated, which is the same company that incubated Yelp, Mm. you know, so um, little little backstory on that. Right. So Mm -hmm. I give you the power and now you say I'm going to be there at two and I am waiting for you at two. At two o'clock, I'm greeting you. How you doing? I sit you down. Would you like anything to drink? 
Um, we have beverages for legal reasons. I'm going to say just beverages. <laughs> the moment you advertise anything else, then you can't do it. Right. right. So it's free. It's 100 percent. I sit down. You're comfortable. Then I tell you, how do you want your haircut? Why do you want your haircut this way? And certain, you know, consultations. And I proceed on giving you the haircut that you've always wanted because you were able to tell me about it rather than sit in the chair and say, yeah, short on the sides. I want to come on over or whatever. You're we're actually cutting every every hair, you know, which is a saying that we have cut every hair and not just like one size fits all. Right. So now. I'm tailoring a haircut for your head shape, for what are you going to use it for? How long do you spend on your hair every day? Um, what kind of products do you want and kind of shine and all this stuff? So it's 100% custom. And then you leave and I give you a handshake. You don't give me money because when you booked it online, your credit card information was there and it charges you automatically while you're in the chair. Right. So the relationship is a completely different experience rather than a transaction. Yeah, I've always, you know what, I'm going to speak on this because I've always thought it was it was a weird exchange when you take cash somewhere, someone does a service, and then you give them cash, and then you're like, well, is this guy going to tip me? Is this going to, like, what's going to, you know, like, that whole process is a little, a little awkward. So, being able to walk in, having all that been taken care of already, is a little nicer, like, you know, that experience. And I, we usually, you know, have different jokes and say, hey, man, don't get anybody pregnant. <laughs> with that haircut you know um i say that uh you know we <laughs> i went to so many baby showers in one year and then the worst part about <laughs> my running joke what's the worst part about going to a baby shower the worst part about going to a baby shower bringing a present realizing that you don't bring a present <laughs> <laughs> it's having to go to the first birthday the second birthday the third birthday the fourth oh. birthday the fifth birthday <laughs> Because you were responsible for this this kid, you know, being created, and and we have a lot of those. Yeah. Um. And, and you it's, guys, you got to be busy year round. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the Hispanic community, man. all year, man. Kids like crazy, bro. All year, and yeah. It, it's a funny story of my family. A lot of us are born in August, and I'm like, man, what were you guys doing <laughs> around November? Like, what happened? Like, you know, I have like maybe like 20 birthdays in August. Yeah. It's like 30 days, 31 days. And I'm like, man. Got to start doing that power of exclusivity pretty soon. Like, I can only attend five birthdays a month. Yeah. Guys, come on. Man, but yeah, that's that's the whole experience. It's just we try to be different. We are not selling you anything while you're in the chair. The last thing that you hear from us is have a great day. Enjoy your trip. Enjoy this. Enjoy that. So you have a very good taste in your mouth and you usually sit in your car and you're like, wow, did I experience that? Yeah. So then the reason I say I want you to go experience other people, I want you to cheat on me. I'm fine with that because for you to know the value that I bring, you have to experience not the value. And 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 there's a chance that they can find somebody that fits better with them or provides them more value because it's like art. You may look at a painting and value it at, at 10 bucks and somebody may say, I'll give you a hundred grand for this. Subjective. Right now, you know? Subjective. Right. Yeah. right. Um, and, and that's, that's the thing, you know, it's like, we try to make you feel comfortable and, and relaxed and provide a unique experience. And that comes from giving you the power. That's dope. So did you didn't learn that overnight though, right? It, it, did it take you some time? Did you read books or did you just kind of like feel it of, out? A little bit of everything. Yeah. I, um, I've been conflicted all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are well off and I didn't know that until I was older. So mm. I've been able to value hard work, but then able to do go to the Dominican Republic for three months. 
and my dad be with me. Mm-hmm. And I never thought that was weird, you yeah. know, or like a month. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just, like, like who, who takes a month or three months off, right? And then like, oh, my mom's there, my brother's there. Yeah, and while we're that. there, we're going everywhere, right? Yeah. And, and like we have our own house. And then like I never knew, I never put it together. So that comes from experiencing things that um, I don't think was available to everyone. And then valuing the hard work, the ethic, the little things, and then coupling that with making it, I guess, nicer, if that answers anything. Yeah. You know? And then as my career grew, I was able to be put in front of people that were like, like, I thought I was doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or my parents were doing something and that's like, that's, you know, nothing. They spent that in, in, a, in a day, you know, so yeah, I was able to crazy. see things from like, experience like okay this costs this much because this leather feels like this so when you feel leather that's not real and like you could feel the difference right and then you get used to that touch or you get used to eating healthier food or something that's a little bit better and stuff like that Mm. that's tight so you used all those things to increase the experience i I kept plugging everything that i experienced Mm -hmm. outside of barbering into barbering are you still doing it till this day like 100 percent. hell yeah because now it's a, like I get to experience it from a different level. You know, like I walk into one of my client's office and, and he has he's giving gifts to everybody in his company. And it's all like um, What's that Rolexes. <laughs> oh, I've never seen him use a different uh, the same Rolex twice. But he, uh, <laughs> what's that? Damn, what's that yellow? It's that orange. It's, it's an not, orange. It's, I think it's Hermes. I was going to say cuties. <laughs> yeah. And he's giving like gifts to everybody in his office. And there's like 50 Hermes bags in the room. I don't even know what that is, Me man. Either. I'll be honest. So there's like, okay. Or there's, there's like coach. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's a brand. It's a brand. Yeah. I thought it was a type of orange. No. Well, are, they're, they're, <laughs> that's when you say no, cuties. No, no, no. I related. <laughs> He's talking I was, about what it, it's like an orange logo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. And, 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 and I'm seeing this and you know, like, you don't have anything cheap at RMA. Mm-hmm. And for there to be 50 times, and it's just like, now I'm experiencing it. And I'm like, wow, if I really want to wow someone, let me go over here. And then I look, I'm like, oh shit, wait a minute. I'll go back to this side. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm incorporating that. But then I look up what RMA is, and it's older than Louis Vuitton. And it, and it has, OG. you know, all this stuff. And Gucci is cool with the rappers, but, you know, when you're really looking at something, it's, it's RMA, right? Yeah. Um, or something of, of significance. So now I'm like, okay, what do they do that makes them stand out? They have an identifying color. They have, you know, a patent. Like Louis Vuitton has the checkers. You know, you know, yeah. you understand. So I start incorporating all these experiences into barbering. And I start, you know, gaining all that knowledge. Like, for example, people, most people consider Rolexes to be the epitome of watches and it's not the case. Rolex is like McDonald's for watches. Most Rolexes, there's mm-hmm. some that are more expensive. So when I seen a Patek Philippe in person, I'm like, this, this thing got no diamonds in it. You know, it's not bust down. Yeah, and stuff but like it's that. not about that. You know, and he goes, yeah, that's like 1.2 million. I'm like, oh shit, here's your watch back. <laughs> you know, so like, then I was able to look at it and now I can explain to my client that sits in the chair and says, yeah, I want... I made it. I'm going to buy a Rolex. I'm like, yeah, if you really made it, you would be buying this. And and I can be able to talk about certain things and experience different, different walks of life and be able to bring that back to people that may not be around that, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to, to further provide value for what I'm doing by living through other people's experiences and experiencing them, these things with them 
and bring that back and, and make it where people can value that value the nicer things more, not necessarily have to go out and buy it, but treat the things that they have. Cause a lot of the times I see, Oh, this is not this or whatever. It's whatever. I have this hoopty car and they don't take care of it, but that's your car. If you love what you have, you're going to get what you need out of it. And then you're going to be able to appreciate other things that may come down the line. You know, you may have a hoopty, but if it's clean, can nobody say anything about your hoopty? They only say something about the hoopty when the paint's like all rusted mm-hmm. or the inside's all dirty. Or the AC unit don't work. Exactly. But if you take care of your hoopty, you ha- you don't have a hoopty, you have a car. Right. And I got no- a hoopty. You know, but nobody can ever talk down <laughs> about the hoopty because it's your car. Is it clean? You know, is it, does it smell nice and all this stuff? It's your car. It's not a hoopty. Do you hoop- take care of your hoopty, Chuck? Uh, Engine wise? Yeah, that shit's a beast. But, oh, and then looks? Nah, but I like it. You know the reason why I like it looking terrible? Because nobody breaks into it. Nobody will break into it because it looks. And it's got expensive equipment terrible. in there, bro. Yeah, and more expensive like a, than the car. <laughs> you, you shouldn't be saying that on. Oh, they I'm won't know what kidding. car I drive. Car <laughs> well, I'm actually getting a new car, so it's all good. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, man. There was one one client, um, same client, taught me a valuable lesson, and he didn't speak. I had really nice cars, and um, about two years ago. Um, I bought them for write-offs and this guy, very affluent in the B's billionaires. He sees that I pull up in the car as an S six and he, he's like, Oh great. You know, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I'm going to come to you next time. And I thought that was weird. And he comes to me and he's like, meet me outside. And he pulls up in a, I can't say the car, but it's, it's not like, it's a nice car, but it's not like a nice car. It's a regular car. Mm hmm. You know, like think of like Toyota, the nicest Toyota, like a Camry, Mm -hmm. not even the nicest, not even the nicest, it's clean. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I'm like, this guy can afford to buy any car he wants. And this is what he pulls up in. What the hell am I doing driving this stupid ass car? Right. Like, why? What's the point? You know, it's the same reason you'll see billionaires wearing khakis and plain T-shirts. Yep. I mean, does it come to that point as well, though? It's also... It could be a nice car, could be used as a selling point just in case like you're selling real estate or something and you're new. But, but if you're talking like, about somebody who's a, who's a No, no, no. I'm talking about a person who's in the lower tier, not a billionaire. It could, if I had a billion, yeah, but I'd you're buy giving business. off of like a, I don't know. You're giving, you're, it could be, but then you're lying and lies always catch up to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're using this car and you pull up in a Hoopty and I pull up in a, a Mercedes, right? Mm-hmm. And we're both selling to the guy, but you know the house and you studied the person that's buying it. And you're like, hey, man, I know you like single floors. This is great. Look, you can have an office here and all this here. And I just pull up in my Mercedes. I'm like, yeah, I'll show you the house. Yeah, there's a living room, blah, blah, blah. But you're personalized it to that person. You're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. So you should be that luxury car. Yeah, instead not of, the car. Instead of the car itself. Exactly. But what if you should have... But what if all the components act together in harmony? Meaning, then you go you're to selling, another level. Yeah, see what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I think, I think just having it instead of one thing, you grab all things off the table. I'll put it to you this way, right? If you're not in that level yet, you're working up to it. Don't lie. Just mm-hmm. be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you have a certain amount of success, are you gonna park your car in a neighborhood where you feel like they'll steal it? If you can afford to live in a neighborhood where they won't steal your car? Yep. You're not going to put your, if you have kids and you have the means to put them in a better school, 
no matter how much it costs, you're going to put them in that better school because right. you have the means. So when you're on that another level, you can afford that Mercedes the same way that is the hoopty for the other person that's that's building it, right? Because then the money of the Mercedes becomes irrelevant. You're doing it, and I'm not saying that you have to drive a nice car. Oh but yeah, definitely. Now your hoopty will look nice on the outside and on the inside, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because you paid it off, and you're letting your success speak for you, right? But you're coming, you're buying that car, and it's like it doesn't matter how much it costs because you're buying it relevant to your income. So even if it's like whatever amount it is, it's not, you're not, oh man, I got to pay my car note. It's like, oh, let me pay two months. Let me pay three months or mm-hmm. let me pay in advance. It's not hurting you financially, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? That's yeah. when you should buy the car. A real baller paid off cash. Yeah. You like, know, a lot of people, the, the reason that they paid off cash is one, they can negotiate. And two, it's an, it's a business expense. Yeah. They real use baller uses it, use it for work. Buy the lease, gets so, the lease off their business because yeah. their business makes so much money. So, you know, so like, the real baller- true. The real baller, the real business person will not buy the car mm-hmm. because you can't write it off. You can only write off what it devalues. For example, if you buy a car for 50000 and next year's worth forty five, you can only write off 5000 sorry. But if it's a lease and it's, say, 1000 bucks a month for easy math, you are writing off 12000 Yep. Oh, wow. Per year. Per year. Plus you know, everything else that goes along with it. I feel like we're always learning something yeah. new, bro. I didn't know that. Cause I'm well, just kidding films. I watched like a thing on them and they yeah. were explaining like how their accounting was like, yo, you got to spend money cause that's, that's you're going to get taxed. The and they're like, Oh, okay. Well, probably bought some, everybody Tesla. Yeah. They were buying, like giving people all their employees bonuses and yeah. taking them on vacations. And they're like, you got to spend more. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to get our dream cars. Exactly. That's why I bought the cars. My, my accountant said, you're going to get a lot of, you're going to get taxed really high this year. And I was like, okay, what can I do? And they're like, just buy something stupid. This is what she told me. And I was like, what's stupid? She's like, just buy some really nice cars. And I'm like, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. She's like, either pay yourself that money or you pay it to uncle Sam. I was like, what about donations? Aren't those tax free to um, a certain amount, right? To a certain amount. Oh, that's right. So like, like, you I, can only contribute a certain amount to your Roth yeah. IRA. Mm-hmm. It's so it's obviously so you should exhaust those options first yeah. before committing yourself to that, you know, monthly payment and stuff like that. So that's, you, a, that's a whole nother discussion, man. man yeah. <laughs> I could go on for so long. I, I, I want to talk about, cause we're hitting the, uh, 51 minute mark already. One man, of the last already. things I want to, yeah, man, already. One of the last things I want to talk about was on your journey to becoming, to becoming who you are now, you've obviously learned a lot of things. What has been the most difficult thing that you can that you can recall that is what what is the one thing that you have the most problem with or has been the most difficult or maybe has taught you the biggest lesson since i'm a perfectionist like understanding right now you ever watch a movie and the older person's like if i was if i know what you know at your age yeah i would be insane right now right that goes i'm gonna say another story about this too but um since i only have nine minutes (laughs) (laughs) take your time now yeah so the thing that I learned is that it's not going to be perfect and it's okay to be trying. So being the perfectionist, I feel like now I'm at my most creative and I feel like now I'm starting at zero. Mm-hmm. So everything up until this point was to get me ready to start. Um, and that was the hardest thing to kind of grasp because we're in a society where you have to show success. You have to show that you've made it, you know, mm-hmm. for you to get respected, but it's okay 
to still be figuring it out and to be doing if you're doing what you love it you know it's always going to transition so that was the hardest thing is to let go and excuse me understand that you can still map you're going to take a lifetime to master it and when you master something you understand that you don't know shit wow that's crazy man but at the same time everything i would say everything that you keep learning and you keep expanding on is something that you can pass down to your kids to where when they start their careers, they know everything that you've worked your whole life, you know, for. I'm doing a podcast with um, Playing Scales and it's called Son of an Immigrant. And the, the, the mentality around it is that my parents are immigrants, so they busted their ass to get me to this point. But I started life way ahead of where they started in life. Right. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is about legacy. And what are you doing for the people that are after you? Um, right now, I'm good. But then what happens to my kids? Can you imagine if you're 18 and you have 50 grand in the bank to open up a business or do whatever you want with it? Right. Like, where are you going to go? And then imagine if your kids do that. And then for their kids, they have 100 grand in the bank. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into a million. Imagine having a million at 18. Yeah. And like all I'm saying is as your parent, do what you love. So, you know, it's all about legacy and, and, and building it forward. Um, to, to, to the story that I was saying, this one guy, he's in the stock market and he comes in. There's like six people in the room and one of them is like the youngest, clearly. And um, took a liking to this person, the stockbroker. And he asked, who's the richest person in the room? And she looked around and said you are and he goes nope i'm the poorest person in the room because i'm like 50 something everybody else is younger than me you are the richest person in the room because you're 18 because you have all the time left in the world time's the most valuable resources but we get stuck in we have to perfect it we have to you know show a certain amount of success and stuff like that and we forget to master it and when you master it then you realize that you need to go even further Mm -hmm. there's no end point to mastering something you know so yeah I think happiness is the one thing you should master. And we, we've talked about this multiple times where it's like you can you could be you could be worth 300 billion at the end of the day, at the end of your life and be unhappy. So mm-hmm. that's a tricky slope, because for you to know what happiness is, what do you have to experience? Sadness. That's true. So what have you never experienced sadness? That's true. But I'm saying like in looking at it you don't because a lot of people equate kind of like how you were talking that money does not equate to happiness yes it gets rid of some of the problems but it does not you said time is the most valuable resource right and I, and it's kind of something that we talk about all the time where it's like you could be making eight bucks an hour if you're happy as hell you love your life then you've already you've already beat the guy who's got 300 billion in the bank and is in the, and is depressed you know what i mean because that's the ultimate but that's mastery, what I'm saying. Like, it's mastery of self. Why is that person depressed? They don't know what sadness is. They want to go on vacation. They go. They want to buy this car. They go. Right. They want friends around. They can pay for that. They want the nice house. They can pay for that. Right? right. They don't know what sadness is. They don't know what it's not like. For example, I'm just saying, you know, paraphrasing. That's very true. They don't know what sadness is. They don't know what, what like feeling stuck and understanding that you may not be all right and like shit hit the fan you know they don't know what that sadness is so that's why they're not happy it's not you know they're not happy because of not having too much money or whatever they just don't know the difference 
Right. And that's the that's I think where we fall into that category. It's like, what's the difference for you to be good? You want you have to fully understand what bad is. Right. For you to be sad, you have to know what happy is. So like, I think it's a it's a play on it, right? Because it's a dangerous slope. You have to understand both sides. So for me to say that I'm happy, if I say that I'm happy, you're understanding that I've been very sad mm-hmm. or very unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. For me to say, hey, I'm good. When you say you're good, you're saying that you've put the not good behind you and, and you're at this moment, you're good because you know what not good is. Right. So that like it, when people say, are you happy? Are you content? You know, I think it's most people don't understand that question. That's another lesson from my grandma. She's very religious. And if you would say the word devil or Lucifer or anything like that, she's like, no, you don't say that word. And I'm like, well, how do you know what God is without the mm-hmm. other side? You know, she's like, you don't, that's like bad. And you don't worship. I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm doing that. So it's that yin gang. You can't know one thing without knowing the other. Yeah, Without light. There's no, you can't dark. appreciate being rich until you've survived being broke as hell. Happy to me is balance. You have to have, it's healthy to have an array of emotions. You know, you can get angry, but understanding that you got to calm down and then get to not angry. It's what you do when you're in that moment that defines you. That's the beauty of life. Exactly. So for me, happiness is balance. You're a wise like beyond that. your years. Man. Yeah, you are. I appreciate you uh, coming on this podcast yeah, and joining so us much, and man. having this conversation. Um, uh, We got to wrap it up right now um but i wanted to say for people who are tuning in you you've dropped a lot of wisdom and i'm sure this episode has, has helped a lot of people get perspective uh on your story maybe even their own uh where can people find you online uh everything is l-x-v-e-s-o-s-a uh pronounced love sosa anywhere you go you're gonna find me there um instagram is probably the, the the clearest path to me right now there you go we're going to put all your information in the description down below for Instagram, for iTunes, for Spotify, all that good stuff, YouTube. Uh, but thank you for joining us, man. Once thank again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I it's really appreciate dope, it. man. And uh, for everybody tuning in, we'll put our, all his information down below. And thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next morning dinner. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. Dude, we almost forget. Smash that like button. Oh, dude. <laughs> Just said that first. <laughs> it's already good. Be, already through, the pa- through the magic, through the magic, mm, through the magic of editing, we'll put that first and then we'll cut it up. That was episode 73 of the Morning Dinner Podcast. Thank you guys for rocking with us. I hope you had a dope time and I hope you learned something. Because we did. Yeah. What was your favorite part about the podcast, bro? To be honest, everything he was spitting philosophy wise, I learned a lot and I took a lot of it in because he has a very uh, stoic vibe yeah. and everything he says like does make a lot of sense so yeah he, you could tell you could definitely tell there's a lot of experience behind the guy like just the way he was talking and that's one of the reasons that i wanted to bring him on the podcast was because i listened to him on a, on his on his own podcast limited availability and the way he spits knowledge is kind of like you could tell he has experience behind it yeah you know what i mean and it's always dope to have somebody in here who can speak from experience so everybody who's listening to the podcast watching on youtube once again don't forget to like this video and hit that subscribe button because i don't know what you're waiting for we put out videos literally every week for free and follow us on instagram and all the social platforms we don't really care about twitter or facebook but you guys can go ahead and follow theirs too if you guys we we post on all of them uh but yeah without further ado we'll see you guys on the next morning dinner thank you